Welcome back, Roster Wards, to the United Nations Rookie Summit. We are back covering the 2024 draft. I'm your host, Corbin. We've also got Ross and Tyler, our co-hosts. How we doing, boys? Brilliant. Hell yeah. Coming with energy. We've been a year off. We've been watching these prospects all year round, preparing for this podcast, and we're starting with the quarterbacks. It's a good one. Yep, exactly. We got to start off with um, a bang. I'm stuck in a snowstorm. Can't leave my house. Even my truck will get stuck. So nothing better to do than a podcast. Yeah, that's a sketch one. Weather's got you stuck, eh? I got a nice 60, 65 degree day out here in Michigan. So you got the 13 degrees, 10 to 13 degrees here. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. I'm very sorry. I don't know. Isn't zero frozen in Fahrenheit? Uh, and uh, yeah. Celsius, yeah, zero's frozen. It's simple. Yeah. simple. So it's a pretty nice day then, 10, 13 degrees. It's nice for us, yeah. Nice for us, yeah. Well, well, enjoy that weather, Tyler. Nice Patriots flag. You moved away from the, the library for your setup? I moved to the other side of the basement. Yeah. There's a light. sheltered away from the kids. No, I have uh, I have a lot of work to do in this basement. Oh yeah, breaking down the the class from last year. There's there's 48 pot lights put in this basement, and none of them work anymore. They after about six months, they all burnt out, and they cost like fifteen dollars a bulb to replace. Damn, you do the math on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a mathematician, so I'd bust out the calculator for it, but I trust it's a lot of work. I'll take your word for it. 720 dollars. There yeah. you go. All right. That's what we got you here for, Ross. Your rookie insight and then your math, your quick math knowledge. But yeah. let's get into it, boys. We're gonna be uh covering every class just like we did or every position group, just like we did last year. Like Ross said, we're going to be starting with the quarterbacks, keep it interesting, really hook you guys, and then we'll get boring in the middle, and then we're going to come back and rock your world with the running backs, the wide receivers at the very end. So every week we're going to be posting, we're going to shoot for recording on the weekends, posting on Monday so you can get into the office or wake up on your commute and tune in to us and hear what we have to say about this year's class. So got a big week this week Caleb Williams we've got Drake May Jaden Daniels and JJ McCarthy those are the guys we'll be covering but we've got Tyler to start us off actually he's going to take a look back on the quarterbacks for last year the the guys we broke down I think it was four of them and then how we each ranked them and I'm sure he's just chomping at the bit to take his victory lap here so I'll turn it over to you Tyler all right so uh last year when we did our rankings I'm just going to quickly go through like the new order. I'm not going to talk much about how great these guys are, but um, last year when we did our rankings, we had Ross uh, one, two, three, and four. He went Richardson, uh, Will Levi, Bryce Young, and CJ Stroud fourth, 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 four. Um, That's Corbin, last out of the four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, last. I think he probably could have went five or six too if he could have, but. Uh, Corbin um, went one, Bryce Young, Richardson, Levi, and then Stroud again. Fourth. At four? I'm joking. At four. It's weird. That's I don't, gotta I don't, be a typo. 
And then uh, Tyler, that's me. Uh, oh. I went one, CJ Stroud. Yeah. Uh, I reluctantly went Bryce Young second. I do remember that. Uh, and then uh, Levi, or Levis, however you say his name. And I had Richardson in fourth. At fourth? See, that's the bigger Richardson travesty fourth. to me is you putting Richardson at four <laughs> over Stroud one. So, How could you even think that? Um, I'm going to start Levi? off with, yeah, I'm going to start off with re-ranking my guys and see how they change after one year. So one, I have Stroud and two, <laughs> I have Bryce Young and three, I have Levi and four, I still have Richardson. So my rankings have not changed. I love it how every time you say at one, I have Stroud and then you look right at the camera, just like <laughs> really pour that salt in the wound there. Why do you have and Richardson honestly, at four? I'm going to get to the only reason I have Richardson at four is because I I said it last year. He he needs to learn to run safely. He He's going to, it doesn't matter how big he is. He's going to get, continue to get hurt. And he got hurt right away. And he showed signs of, of being a better passer than I thought he was going to be. But, yeah, he got hurt right away. I think he got hurt and then he even tried to play hurt and he got even more hurt, something like that. Like he had, you know, concussions. When the signs like that are already starting, you, you know, there's a question. The question's already become more of a, you know, red flag, right? Yeah. Right. No, I hear you. you if got you guys Oh, no, you you guys rank. I mean, I'm sure you have Stroud Force still. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't change my take. You know, I'll never admit that I'm wrong. But what do you got, Ross? How are you <laughs> ranking these guys now? Yeah, I think we need to bear in mind that that was pre-draft. So we didn't know the landing spot. So I'm sure Stroud yep. would have been number one. But no, I, I think I still would have had Stroud quite low, maybe third. Uh, but I'll re-rank them as Richardson. Uh, sorry, sorry. Stroud, number one. Uh, Richardson, two. <laughs> And then probably Young and then Levis. I still believe in Young a little bit uh, that he could get better and sort of return to some sort of good quarterback. But yeah, I think it's probably a big tier break between one and two and then two and three. Mm -hmm. Yep. No, I'm with you, Ross. I have it ranked the same. Stroud, number one. I mean, obviously, yeah. Pre-draft, like you said, we didn't know the landing spot. But to be honest, I mean even after the draft, I still probably would have had yeah. him at like three or four. Well, definitely at three over Levis at that point, since he dropped out of the first round entirely. But I mean, he didn't have any weapons that you knew of like Nico Collins. Nobody saw him having a top 10 year tank Dell. Like, yeah, he had a fantastic year. he like, he had those weapons in place and the Texans overachieved more than anybody expected. So, I mean, I don't think that we're on an Island here having Stroud, you know, you know, towards third or fourth in the class. So, I mean, I'll admit when I'm wrong, and I mean, Stroud looks fantastic. I mean, he just played out of his mind, so good for him. Like I said, quarterback's one of the hardest positions to evaluate here. So, I mean, I specialize more in, like, running backs, tight ends, wide receivers, but if I could accurately predict who's going to be the best quarterback every year, then I would quit my day job and I'd be working for an NFL team, probably the Lions, because somebody would pay me the big bucks to tell them who's going to be what in the NFL. So, yeah, I got Stroud first, then Anthony Richardson. I mean, fantasy-wise, the potential's all there. Like Tyler said, the injury concerns are a worry for me, but with that true dual threat potential, I really think that he could 
surpass CJ Stroud if he stays healthy. It just depends on, you know, his health. So Bryce Young, I mean, at not every rookie can just blow up like Stroud did. And, you know, he, he took some good steps. He doesn't have a lot of weapons in Carolina, but he's got Dave Canales coming. He's a smart OC from Tampa who's coming. He's the head coach now. So hopefully they put some more weapons around him and give him a chance to really be the guy in Carolina. And then Levis, he's really not too far off. I mean, he sat on the bench for most most of the season behind Ryan Tannehill and maybe Malik Willis started a game or two, but second half of the year, the team was his and, you know, he had some up games and some down games, but you like what you saw out of him. Um, he's got a lot of passion and the Titans. I mean, it looks like they might be in a little bit of a rebuild after they fired Mike Vrabel, but I mean, with him at the helm, I mean, it's pretty interesting. So I don't think that he was a bust by any means, according to last year. So it was a pretty good top four class. though. Yeah, that's the only reason I didn't change my order is because I still think that Bryce Young, like, he's getting a new coach, but it's probably a better situation than he yeah. came into. Um, and 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 Levi, like, he's getting a new coach as well. So otherwise, he would have jumped over. I don't and know like, where you when you, uh... look at when you look at Richardson and you look at where he got drafted. He got drafted to the best place out of all four. Right? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. like, best offensive line, better weapons around him, better running game than all four quarterbacks got. So, even with with all that, he still got hurt. So, yeah. Anyway. And the Colts are a good team, uh, but I got to correct you, Tyler. I let the joke go on for a while. It's Will Levis. I don't know where you're coming up with Levi all of a sudden, but. Silent I don't know why. Yeah. I, yeah. It's French. That's a sign. I'm, I'm sick. Yeah, In Canada, we call them Levi. Levi jeans. So, okay. They're not called Levitt's jeans. You do your thing, man. You do your thing. I just wanted to throw it out no, there yeah, and you can choose to use that information or not. It's up to you. Let's move on to our sleepers now quickly. Just tell everyone who we picked. Um, both you and Ross picked Hendon Hooker. Ended up getting drafted to the Detroit Lions in the third round, 68th overall. And uh, my bad pick, yeah, both of you probably thought that Goff was going to be gone after one year. Not nope. resigned, but looks to be like he's going to be. So I can see them probably trying to do like the Green Bay Packers thing with Hooker here. And, and uh, you know, having him sit for three or four years, depending on how long they get Goff tied up. And then I went off the board with Tyson Badgett, and he was signed undrafted, and he was signed by the Chicago Bears, and he came in and went two for two in wins and losses and looked better than Justin Fields. And it really put a damper in the whole Justin Fields talk. So, um, but yeah. I don't know if they look better, but yeah, that was a good sleeper pick. I mean, no, I did yeah. not see Tyson Badgett making a team and then much less making a start and looking okay. But yeah, I mean, it was a good pick. It was a good sleeper pick. But I mean, when you get to these quarterbacks, I mean, it's just a crapshoot. Like for every Brock Purdy and Tom Brady you get, you're going to have like a, you know, I mean, like there's like an Aiden O'Connell who made some starts and looked like okay, but you know, that's, it's very unlikely you're going to find a franchise QB anywhere outside of the first or even the second round. So, but 
Yeah. I mean, with these quarterback evaluations again, like if we could accurately predict how every guy is going to perform, we'd be working in the NFL. So take it with a grain of salt. I mean, when we are talking about these guys we're about to talk about here, these four guys, it's really more about fantasy potential is how I base mine off of my rankings will reflect that, you know, that might not translate to that NFL success wins and losses and whatnot, but what you see on the tape, you know, the fantasy production is really what I'm looking at when I'm evaluating these players, because again, I'm not drafting for an NFL team. I'm drafting for my fantasy team. And we do have a couple of good options in this year's class. So I'm excited to talk about them. Should we get started? Let's go. Let's go. I just want to say one thing though. Uh, I got lucky with Tyson Badgett that he even made an NFL team. You did? When you told me to find a sleeper, I found the most off-the-wall, off-tier guy you could ever imagine based upon hearing him talk at the combine. Yeah, so, I figured it was a dart throw. I, I got like, oh, this guy's dad's like, an arm wrestling champion. Let's just grab him and see if something happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically what happened. Yeah, he right, uh, cool. squirrel finds a nut every now and then. So good job, Tyler. I'll give you credit where it's due. But let's talk about Caleb Williams, the blue chip player in this class, almost undoubtedly the 101 going to the Chicago Bears, unless they trade out. Caleb Williams is 22 years old, coming out of USC. He's a junior. He'll be 23 in November. So he's got a, a little bit still, still young. But uh, he's measured in at six foot one, 215 pounds. And then another thing I forgot to mention, too, the hand size of these top four quarterbacks we're talking about looking pretty small. But Caleb Williams, nine and three quarter hands, which is right around average. Everybody else is pretty tiny. So you want to be able to hold on to that ball, not get give it up when a defensive end just comes and swats it. Yeah. How big are those hands, Tyler? Eight and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I think mine are nine, like right on the dot. Like I measured it with like the iPhone thing. It's from like here to the pinky. I think I'm right on nine. So I'm coming close to a couple of these guys, but. Uh, I hate to go off topic over... here, but it's pretty funny because I had a, a customer I was carrying in a water heater and he seriously looked at me and goes, holy fuck, how big are your hands? <laughs> There's some big old bear mitts. Anyway, back, back to the topic. Yep. Well, I think everybody's pretty familiar with Caleb Williams. I mean, he was the number one recruit in the country. He started as a true freshman at Oklahoma. He took Spencer Rattler's job when he was kind of getting some preseason hype for Heisman and potentially like the first overall pick. So to come in as a true freshman and take his job halfway through the season, and I think he led a like a comeback win against Texas too. It's pretty impressive. He uh, transferred to USC his sophomore year following his head coach, Lincoln Riley. He was the 2022 Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, if you look at the stats here, I mean, freshman year, solid, even though it was just half of a half of a season of starting. But 2022, his first year at USC, 66% completion for 4,500 yards, 42 touchdowns, and five interceptions. So that's one of the best college seasons for a quarterback that you can have. If you're getting 4,500 yards and 40-plus touchdowns, that is just fantastic. So coming into this year, there was a lot of high expectations. You know, USC was getting a lot of playoff hype to go into, you know, being one of those top four teams. But they had a couple of bad losses this season. Um, Caleb Williams took a little bit of a step down in terms of production on the stat sheet. 3,600 yards, 30 touchdowns, five interceptions. So a little bit of a slump there. 
you know, he can run the ball too, but he's by no means, you know, a primarily a, a running quarterback. He's more of that pocket passer guy, but he's pretty magical out of the pocket. I'll let you guys share your thoughts on him a little bit before I get into it. Go ahead, Ross. Well, I agree. So you said right at the start that he's going to be the 101, uh, and that's a consensus. But diving into the tape a bit, I obviously totally agree with that. Like He's got elite arm talent. It's just easy power, and he can throw in the pocket, and he can throw on the run as well. He, he can throw from all sort of arm angles, and he can use that like for a purpose, is to avoid pressure and avoid flailing arms at the line of scrimmage. And he just... Sort of contorts his body away from the pressure, and he, he he's still able to be quite accurate as well. And he's got a, a very quick release as well. So when he decides to throw, it gets out there so quickly. Um, he's just really, really a joy to watch. He's very creative, um, and I think it maybe gets a bad rep for playing too much hero ball. Um, so the thing is, he makes these incredible plays. <clears throat> so when you're watching the highlights or you're watching casually throughout the year, you're thinking, wow, this is incredible. Can he make a normal play? Can he play in structure, um, as they say, in, in a normal offence? And I think he can. Um, I think the situation he was in last year was he had a terrible defence, had a terrible offensive line, so he was just constantly under pressure. And he had to score 50 points every game to try and win. Every time he got the ball, he had to try and score a touchdown. I felt like he was maybe under a bit more pressure to make a play. And so he tried and he forced it at times. Um, but for me, my big takeaway was that was my preconceived notion that he was playing too much hero ball. And he did a little bit, but I think he get he doesn't get enough credit for his, his normal play and structure, hitting the throws, getting through his progressions, uh, hitting dump-offs and um, just being generally accurate. Um, I think he's, he's a good enough athlete as well so he's he's uh, he can't sort of threaten his, his legs and I think he's pretty much a complete player and um, obviously he's not a finished prospect and I'm not saying he's definitely going to be 100% great he's still a prospect he's still there's still some level of projection there but I don't think there's a throw that he can't make in, in, in the NFL yeah no I agree with you 100% what about you Tyler what are your thoughts well I mean I mean you know you guys pretty much said it all for him. There's not yeah, much to say. I mean, best prospect, like they say, since Andrew Luck. So, like for QB, right? Um, I did see some, like you talk about the, the incredible plays he makes and stuff. My biggest concern is if he tries to do that stuff in the NFL, can it translate? Because, you know, we've seen Mahomes do some stuff with, with his, but I see a lot of... Uh, like a lot of throws off the back foot, which is like a no-no in the NFL, you know. And that's I mean, you're trying to nitpick here to find things that are wrong with them, right? Um, I'm doing all this scouting on him, and I I read that you know his dad's his agent, and his family's very much involved in his career, uh, and that they're very. Uh, egotistical as a family yeah and i'm reading that and i'm like <laughs> you know starts to wonder like do people like him how does he have leadership you know all that stuff but uh is he going to be a problem because of the ego and and because of his dad's influence and and 
and being his agent, is he going to have a problem come contract time? You know, yep. um, just all these are just like question marks that, you know, you're trying to find something that's <laughs> that's wrong with the guy when there's not much. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's the only thing I. That's the only red flags I I was I could think of. But other than that, like, yeah, Bears are crazy if they don't take them at 101. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, you really have to nitpick to find anything wrong with his game. Like, it's pretty clear, like, family is a big deal to him. Like, his dad did come out and say, like, oh, he's not going to Chicago if, you know, if they have the first pick. But he comes out later and says, no, that's not true. That's not true. And then they lost to Washington this last year. And you see him on the sideline, like crying with his mom. And a lot of people are like, oh, can he lead a team? Like, oh, he's a crybaby. But like, I mean, clearly, like family is just really important to him. And everything that I've seen, he's a great leader. You know, he has no problem putting the team on his back. Ross, you mentioned like the hero ball. But at the same time, last year, he still had 30 touchdowns and only five interceptions. I mean, the fact is that the guy is just effortless when it comes to throwing the football. He could do all those weird arm angle throws like Matthew Stafford does, you know, off platform in the pocket, and then he can just flick the wrist and throw it 60 yards. It is just insane. Like his highlight tape is just crazy. So, I mean, yeah, sure. He has a couple of question marks, but at the same time, the ceiling is just so high that, I mean, it's just dumb to even think about putting somebody else at one-on-one over him. Like just to reiterate on that one point though, like you know, they they you read all about this about his ego and you know all this stuff, right? But then I read watch on the ticker yesterday. Apparently, and I haven't checked in, but it was on the NFL Network ticker that he stayed even though he didn't throw, he didn't participate, he just did interviews at the combine, he didn't do medical, all that, right? He stayed the longest out of any QB at the event and hung out with the event staff like while they're putting stuff to go in i thought that's pretty neat to, to read that you know for somebody who's yeah i think everyone's looking for yeah yeah everyone's looking for all those little tidbits because that's the aspect that we can't see on the tape you know what i mean the leadership and the a lot of the intangible stuff so any little morsel thing like that about he's staying late or maybe his dad's influencing him people maybe take that and run with it but we're not in the meetings with the teams and things like that which maybe does get a little bit more insight so yeah it's, it's quite difficult to grade that sort of side of things and that's what makes grading qbs hard isn't it and we only see what we see yeah, on, on, on the field so yeah you're trying to try and read into all this stuff when he joined uh, the media to ask his teammate a question? No. Did you guys see that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I see that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what his question was. It was something like, about the, how good the receiver was he was talking to. But uh, he asked him a question. It was pretty funny. Hmm. I mean, the thing I is, know. I see every single year they have something about a player helping an old lady across the street or holding the door open for somebody, you know. So I don't really look into that that much. These guys know that the eyes are on them at, at the combine. So I don't look into it too much. I mean, there was a story about Malik Willis too. Oh, look how good of a person he is. No one's watching him. He has integrity, you know, like, yeah, like all these players, they're very aware that they are being critiqued and they are being analyzed in every little thing that they do. So 
Yeah, I mean, it's nice he stayed the whole time, I guess. It's not a negative, but at the same time, I'm. it's not going to be swaying my opinion. And I mean, it, the thing is, if you need to look into stuff like that about like Caleb Williams, then I don't know, maybe you should find another way to evaluate the guy because the inter- like with the combine in general, like I'll look at the numbers just to validate like what I see. But the real thing is that I've been paying attention to is the interviews and how they speak. You know, that I think that and, you know, a lot of those interviews you aren't privy to, but even when they're on the podium, you know, just listening to them talk like there's certain like little key points that I look out for. But I mean, Caleb Williams, surefire 101. I mean, I compare him kind of to to Patrick Mahomes. I think he's like a little bit of a shorter version. You know, he's not the prototype size 6'1", 215, but those effortless throws and those off angle throws and being able to create plays with your legs and your arm. Like that's the stuff that NFL teams just drool over. So I think he's going to be starter in the league for a very long time. And hopefully the bears can put some more pieces around him. I mean, they've got the the ninth overall pick as well, I think. So an, one of the top fledged wide receivers or maybe a, a great left tackle is available for them to pair with Caleb Williams for, you know, at least the next five years, then the Bears are looking a little scary in the NFC North division with the uh, some of the pieces that they have coming in. I'll say that. And then you realize it's the Bears. So. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm really hoping they go for like a Drake May or something. Anybody else. I don't want to play Caleb Williams two times a year because he does scare the shit out of me. But good prospect. I'd take him 101. Let's move on to our next guy then, shall we? We've got Drake May out of North Carolina. Him and Caleb Williams were kind of head-to-head this season and who would be the 101 pick, but both of those guys had stellar 2022 seasons, and then both of them took a little bit of a dip this recent year. So Drake May is a sophomore. He's only 21 years old right now, but he's turning 22 in August, so about a year younger than Caleb Williams. He's six foot four, 223 nine and one eighth inch hands, tiny, tiny little hands. So that's a little bit of a red flag for me, but like I said, a little bit of a dip this last year, he had 63.3% completion, 3,600 yards, 24 touchdowns and nine interceptions while rushing for 449. And then the year before 2022 his best year that really put him onto the national spotlight, 66% completion, 4,300 yards, 38 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 698 rushing yards. So this guy's the true dual threat kind of guy. Like Caleb Williams, like doesn't really use his legs too much other than to create the pass for him. But Drake may can do it all. And I can see why he's getting that hype of being, you know, almost a surefire 102, but potentially the 101 going into this season. What do you think, Ross? Yeah. I think watching throughout the, the year and obviously looking at how they were in 2022, I think it was sort of like a 1A, 1B sort of thing uh, to start with. And then after watching them in depth recently, to me, I, I see the clear sort of tier one, tier two. I know we should be racking them now, but that doesn't mean Drake's May is a bad prospect, but I do see a lot more inconsistency. Um, the stuff that you can do good is <clears throat> obviously gives them a very high ceiling. So he's got he's got a good arm, and um, maybe not quite as good as Caleb Williams, but he's still got a, a strong enough arm. Uh, he th- he throws it deep, 
and he's not afraid to attack the middle of the field as well, which you can often see with rookies. Uh, they, they stay away from that area of the field, but he attacks it and he layers the throws over the defenders as well. So he's not just throwing it in there with velocity. Um, but the thing I like most about him is he's sort of pocket manipulation. He's able to sort of subtly move and climb in the pocket to avoid defenders rather than just as soon as you've seen a defender exiting the pocket and running away. Um, that's a big pet peeve of mine. If someone can sort of manipulate the pocket like Drake May does, it really, really puts him up there for me. And he has a really good feel for pressure. Um, I, I think he's, you mentioned his Russian production, and obviously that's a big part of him as well. Maybe not, we're going to get into Jaden Daniels, maybe not at that level, but in terms of scrambling QB, and if it breaks down, then he's able to pick up the key, key yardage on third down. Um, the, where the inconsistencies came is I think, similar to Caleb Williams, and he's trying to do too much. I think in 2023, he lost a lot of his sort of... Well, he lost his top two receivers. Josh Downs was a, a big a big part of that offence the year before, and he lost his OC, or his OC changed. And all the... It was still the sort of air raid kind of offence. I think his production dipped because of that. Um, so I'm, I'm just making excuses because I like him, to be honest. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's been a bit inconsistent and. If he doesn't get protected at the next level, I fear he might be throw a lot of interceptions because of where he attacks the field. And the, the, the decision-making at times under pressure can be a bit wonky, especially this year. Um, but I think in terms of the tools that he has and tape that he's put on, especially in 2022, I think he does have a high ceiling and enough for me to take him um, quite high in the draft, like 102 if I was the commanders, for example. Yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. I got a lot of the same points. What do you think, Tyler? Drake May? Yeah, I like him. Uh, of course, I'm going to like him. His comparison is Jared Goff. So, um, But his yeah. accuracy over the middle. Yeah, that's what I read. His accuracy, and I see it too in his film. His accuracy over the middle is uh, is exceptional. Um, he, he's He's got above average arm strength for an NFL QB. Uh, it's not not elite, but it's above average. Um, he can make like all the throws except for his throws to the outside. Need to he needs to work on the accuracy there. He can be a little wild. Um, yeah, his I do like like Ross said his the pocket presence is is really there, and he he can go through his progressions really well. Um, and yeah, I just. Uh, I like his size. That's one thing we didn't touch on with Caleb is, is they knock his size, but Drake May's got size. Yeah. <laughs> I like him. Jared Goff comparison. You know, probably I don't. Patriot, so. I do not yeah. buy that one one bit. Jared Goff, I mean, he's like a statue back there. He can barely move. I honestly comp him more to like oh, a sorry. Josh Allen. No, no, he's not. He doesn't have the arm strength to be Josh Allen. But I mean, it's not that I far say, off. I think he's closer to arm strength than Josh when Allan than Jared, Jared Goff. Goff. When you say Jared Goff comparison, I'm talking about his passing ability. Running, well, I'm 300 pound me can run better than Jared Goff. So that, that does, and you know, debatable. Jared but, Goff yeah. looks awkward running. Jared Goff, like that, that's his biggest knock. Is is not how he like, not what he does running. It's how he looks running. And even sliding. And I had a person on a Detroit talk show even say the reason they don't like Jared Goff is because he slides weird. So let's not get into Goff. But yes, Drake May 
Passing, Jared Goff. Running, better than Jared Goff, okay? Well, we don't need to make it the Jared Goff show. But, I mean, I don't think – I the deep ball is not Jared Goff's strength. Like, I love the guy, but I can admit that the deep ball is the one thing that he could improve on. Josh Allen, yeah, he's not quite that arm talent, but he can – throw that fucking ball and he's got speed on it too when he still has really nice touch on his balls like Ross said he can layer it all over the field maybe outside the numbers yeah there's things to work on but I mean the prototypical size he's like a big guy he's going to be a load to take down he has no problem like operating on a designed run or if it's just a scramble he's going to pick up that first down so for somebody at that size to be that mobile. I mean, that just screams potential fantasy production to me. So, I mean, the one thing that I knocked on him is like his mental processing isn't the best, which can be coached up. You know, sometimes if his first read's not there, he has been known to panic and, you know, just tuck the ball and run with it. But I mean, again, you're really just kind of nitpicking. North Carolina did not have the best team last year. So he did play a little bit of that hero ball, you know, figuring he just had to put the team on his back and make something happen. And you saw that a lot with Josh Allen this year, you know, he'd have three or four interception games, just trying to make something happen. So, I mean, he's the true gunslinger, you know, like there could be a game where he has 400 yards and, you know, no turnovers. And then there's a game maybe where it's like 250 and four interception something like that so it's a high risk high reward kind of prospect but when you're taking a gunslinger like him you know what to expect i mean there's been plenty of gunslingers in the nfl who have had success and not a lot of them really have the mobility that he does so he is a very very enticing prospect to me and you know these top three guys daniels drake may and caleb williams they're very very close it's not like this giant tear leap, in my opinion, I think they're all very comparable in terms of what they can bring to an NFL team and what they can bring to our fantasy teams. Yeah, with the way you're talking about the Josh Allen type thing, I, I, when I was watching him, I seen Carson Wentz sort of decision making at times where you're watching Carson mm-hmm. Wentz and then all of a sudden he does something absolutely mental. You're like, what are you doing that for? Yeah. And I think last year, especially Drake May, is like you're putting together a good game and then all of a sudden you just make a crazy decision out of nowhere. Uh, and obviously, hopefully that can be coached out. But like you said, because he's a gunslinger, he'll keep going and he's aggressive and it doesn't seem to deter him from keep making yep. those uh, big throws. So yeah, it could be a blessing and a curse. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Josh Allen. His play style just reminds me of how Josh Allen plays. Let's be clear. You know, like if he's Josh Allen, you know, great. Then I'll take credit, but I'm not saying that by any means, you know, like it, it, that could be his ceiling just the way that he plays. That's the only reason I'm making these comparisons because 75, 90% of the time, these players aren't going to be able to reach that potential. But he does have the arm talent and the mobility to be comparable with him. Yeah, so Caleb Williams is going to be Patrick Mahomes and yep. Jake May is going to be Josh Allen. Got it. Got it. All right, that I, I had Caleb Williams as the thicker <laughs> Kyler Murray slash shorter Patrick Mahomes. That's how I had it. Or taller Kyler Murray, shorter Patrick Holmes. He's a little thicker too, but... But yeah, Drake May, yeah, but, great player here on our yeah, Zoom. Guys, huh? You, you guys act like me comparing him to Jared Goff is like me saying he sucks. So you guys don't know what you're talking no. about. Jared Goff is a he fantastic quarterback, top 10 in the league. league. So so I do not see the arm strength. Nobody, 
Yeah, I, I don't know a quarterback in the NFL who has the arm strength that Josh Allen does. Yeah, he's so not. I think we should ban Jared Goff. I think we should just ban Jared Goff from this podcast. He, no, no, that's that's he wants to get me going, but it's not going to work. I would not compare him to Josh Allen. He doesn't have the arm strength that Josh Allen does. I know, he's but he's, it's not that him. far off. Maybe like between Joe Josh Burrow. Allen and Jared Goff. Yeah, if you got Josh Allen here and Jared Goff here, I'd say Drake May's closer to Josh Allen than Jared Goff. But anyways, our Zoom's about to time out on this, so we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Okay, we are back. We just wrapped up Drake May. That leads us into prospect number three, Jaden Daniels, the 2023 Heisman Trophy winner out of LSU. He's 23 years old, a senior. He's a five-year starter in college football, but a little bit on the older side. He'll be 24 in December. Um, not too crazy old, but he measures in at six foot four, 210 pounds, nine and a quarter inch hands. Not good. Um, but like I said, five seasons of starting experience. He transferred from Arizona State. COVID kind of threw a wrench into things. Um, eventually he transferred over to LSU. Uh last year he led the nation in total offense, touchdown passes, TDs responsible for, which is passing and running, and then rushing yards by a quarterback. So pretty crazy feat. He's one of two quarterbacks in the SEC who had with Johnny Manziel, I can't remember the stat off the top of my head, but he's an elite company. And then Joe Burrow, I think he had like the the record for passing touchdowns or total touchdowns responsible for, and he's right below him. So out of the SEC, that's crazy company right there. Last year, 72% completion percentage, 3,800 yards, 40 touchdowns with four interceptions while rushing for 1,134 yards and 10 touchdowns. 2022, pretty solid year, 68% completion, 2,900 yards, 17 touchdowns, three interceptions. He was more of a running quarterback uh, in 2022 with 885 yards on the ground and five TDs. So... He's a pretty enticing prospect as well. And as as much as people are going to want to say he's a run-only quarterback, I saw the opposite. He looks great out of the pocket too. What do you think, Ross? Yeah, I think we're all coming with sort of preconceived notions of these players. And for me, it was thinking he was maybe along the lines of Anthony Richardson, where he's like a in college, he's a run-first QB, and he's got a big arm, and he's got a massively high ceiling. But for me, that wasn't it. Um, I think... He's, he has got a solid passer. So I'll just go through some of his traits and then I'll tell you my, my wee tidbit at the end of what, what I think he's like. But he's, as a passer, he's he's good when he's in rhythm and he's in structure and he's on time and he throws accurately enough. And obviously he's he's got good receivers there, but he knows where they are um, at all times. And I've seen him go through his progressions as well in the pocket. And I feel like he wants to throw first. So although he's obviously got his... his, his elite athleticism like I think when he's in the pocket he wants to try and throw and if he's going to escape he's escaping to throw behind the line of scrimmage first and then he's using his 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 legs to to, to make a big play um I think he's obviously got one year of like really good production um not much more than that but I think this year he showed his experience sort of as a college player and his growth um and I think that was through his sort of passing, his progressions and, and taking the dump offs if they were there rather than uh, sort of forcing something or, or just taking off with his legs. Um, I think 
everyone's seen it when, when he plays, when he's on the run, he needs to protect himself. Obviously, you mentioned that earlier, Tyler, about Anthony Richardson. Uh, and Jane Daniels takes some mental hits. Um, I've I seen someone on Twitter say he's like a Looney Tunes uh, style when he's, he's he's running because he'll just take some crazy hits. Like there was one against Florida mm-hmm. State where he tried to hurdle like right up the gut and I just got yeah. absolutely blasted by a defensive tackle. So yeah, he needs to stop that. Um, and for me, his arm strength is just okay. Um, I don't think he puts quite as much zip on it as uh, other guys that we've talked about and maybe some guys we're going to talk about. Um, and for me... I, I don't think he's got that high ceiling we always associate with sort of like a guy with his athleticism, but I think he's got a high floor. Um, I don't think he's got the sort of ceiling of of like like some guys we've mentioned. So I think he's my comparison was Tyrod Taylor. Um, obviously he's a better runner than Tyrod Taylor, but Tyrod Taylor plus I would say, and he's gonna if he's in structure. Where he's offense, where he's passing, he's going to be good and he's going to get you the yards. And he can obviously extend plays and, and do a little better uh, than that. But that was my comparison. Uh, I wonder what you guys think of yeah. Jaden Daniels, not my comparison. Oh, I like it. It sounds like just based on what you're saying, you're a little lower on him than I am. But no, yeah. I, they're fair points. What do you think, Tyler? What was your, your comparison? Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod. Um, I don't know how you pronounce it, but... So, yeah, we all... Like, his running ability is, is yeah, like, exceptional. Uh, I, personally, I felt that um, he looked really good throwing the ball. Uh, like, his accuracy is on point. He throws a really, really nice uh, deep ball. Um. I I'd see like he can pretty much make all the throws. The only time he runs into trouble is sometimes like if uh, he can have like a short wide open throw and he kind of rushes it and lets his mechanics fly open and go loose and he just misses the throw. Um, I didn't see any of that. I seen that he needed to like learn to slide better. I didn't see those hits though. I should look that up. I didn't see him getting hammered. Uh, oh, I hope he doesn't get hurt because I like them. Um, I was actually I was reading a lot of comparisons to Lamar Jackson, but that's just because of his running, of course, right? I honestly think watching the film, I think it's you know he he can run like Lamar, but he throws better. Mm-hmm. So you know, given the right situation, you know maybe he's the next MVP because apparently Lamar wins MVP every year, so. I like it, Tyler. Yeah, yeah, I like him. I like him. He could, he could, he definitely could use to put some meat on the bones, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, he's six four, two hundred ten. So he's tall, but he's leaner. But I don't know, Ross. I think I'm siding with Team Tyler on this one because I love Jaden Daniels. I mean, I don't watch a ton of college football, so I've heard throughout the season as he's getting the Heisman hype, and I was just like, oh, okay, he's just like a, you know a scrambling quarterback. When, when you actually look into him, like let's put like the, the running ability aside because he's got insane speed. He's a good size. Like he's just an insane athlete in general. Like everybody knows that that rushing floor is established. Okay. But the thing that really surprised me is how well he passes the ball and sure he doesn't have 
the greatest arm of all time, but it's good. I mean, he can layer it to all three levels. It's just nothing, you know, crazy. That's just like Drake may and Caleb Williams. You're like, Holy shit. They're making some fucking throws, but Jaden Daniels, not so much, but he still makes some good plays and he did have a good team around him. But I think that run game of his really opens up the passing game. And you can see that translating the NFL. Like I've gone against Justin Fields two times this year. And I know that when we struggle, to get him down in the pocket and he starts to use his legs. That's the thing that can really affect those NFL defenses. So I really liked him out of the pocket. He made good decisions for the most part, but you know, like Lamar Jackson, he had a lot of questions on how his game would translate from college to the NFL. And I think that Jaden Daniels is in the same boat. You know, I mean, the way I compare him is kind of like, you know, Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, they come to mind. I, I think of him more as, not MVP Lamar from like three, four years ago, whenever it was, he won. But I think of him as like lately when he stopped running as much and started passing a little bit more, staying in the pocket and using his legs to open up the passing game where, you know, back in like 2020 or whenever it was, he would pretty much just run every chance that he got. So the ceiling is it's there, you know, he has all the tools to be an MVP, but you know, Tyler mentioned that, durability concerns too he is a little slim um for his height so and ross you said that he does make some of those looney tune plays where he doesn't know when to get down so it is concerning and that's always going to be a red flag for any mobile you know running quarterback but based on what i've seen i mean i think that he has the tools to be a great passer and that run game is just going to boost his game to to the next level so i really like Jaden daniels and i came away extremely surprised on how much I like him, actually. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said there. I don't want to get started on Lamar Jackson because he's my Jared Goff. I'll defend him forever. And I think he's got a better arm than Jaden Daniels. And I think he's a better prospect as well. But I get the comparison because of like the way he runs. The only person you can compare him to is Lamar Jackson. I've not seen anyone else run in that, that style, that way. It's just yep. sort of like lateral quickness you don't see from a QB. But my, my sort of pause and my concerns is obviously the one year of production um, and the, the situation around him. So he wasn't pressured as much. Um, and I wonder if that's going to translate to the next level if he gets taken with a third overall pick and he's playing in New England. Is he going to get pressured a lot? And how does he deal with that? Um, I think you obviously mentioned that he's a great touch thrower. Um, he really is. And, and he's good on deep balls. But I think his accuracy... And you're going to give me his completion percentage. It sounds crazy. He completed like 77% of his balls, but I think a lot of them were wide open. And -hmm. if you look at his ball placement on some things, he would really left a few plays on the field. Every game, maybe there's like two or three plays he left on the field, third and one or something like that. He he throws the ball a bit behind the receiver, makes it a difficult catch. And, And it's little things like that, which I think brings down his ceiling for me. And like I said, he's a high floor player. I think he's going to be really good. I just don't quite see the really high ceiling because of little things like that. And because he's been, he's 23, 24, something like that, he might be a bit older. He might not be able to sort of develop as well, but that's pure speculation on my part, to be honest. I still really like him as a player, but I think what you said makes sense. And I absolutely see every single one of the things that you guys have said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is a fair concern because I did see that too, is there were some balls that he left behind and he had some great athletes at LSU. So the other point that you brought up that I kind of wanted to mention is 
landing spot is going to be so important for Jane Daniels because he's projected to go as high as three to the Patriots and they don't have any weapons around him. Sorry, Tyler. They just don't. But imagine if he falls to a place like place like the Falcons, that would be awesome for Jaden Daniels. Changes everything. Exactly. So, I mean, going to the Patriots at three where, you know, you're going to need a wait a year or two for them to put some pieces around him for him to, you know, be a, a decent passer. Like I could see it in the rookie year, you know, just like Lamar, you know, just run first only like Lamar at the beginning of his career did not like passing the ball. And now he has settled in. He's a more well-rounded quarterback. It's going to, you know, increase his longevity, all that. So my concern is going to the Patriots. If he's not going to have, you know, that first, second read open, is he just going to tuck it and run and get hurt? So it is a concern, but you know, the ceiling, it's just, it's so tantalizing to me that, you know, you got to think about at least putting him up there at two. I mean, I wouldn't, it's not crazy to think that he could surpass Caleb Williams. That's all I'm saying. Like, it's not that far fetched. As for me, as for me, but I, I, I see your point. I'm not planting my flag on that by any means, but I'm just saying like it it could absolutely happen. I mean, we both had CJ Stroud fourth and look at him now. So, you know? I suppose I get what you mean. For me, like as prospects, I can see why Caleb's up there and Jaden Daniels is here, but I get what you mean in terms of when it's all said and done, it turns out Jaden Daniels could be the best in the class yet. I get that, yeah. Well, if you if you're the Bears and you're looking right now, uh, you need the quarterback for next year, and you have to be successful. You might want Daniels. Because Why not the just keep Fields game. then? Because I think they're very similar. Because Fields can't throw the ball. Let's not get into that. All right. Fine. <laughs> Fields, Fields can't throw like Daniels. So I don't think you're wrong. But I don't right think out. the thing is, yeah, Fields when he was coming out of college you didn't really think of him as this crazy scrambler, dual threat kind of guy. Like you knew that he had potential, but when he came to the NFL, he pretty much just ran the ball. You know, even the first year, like he tried to do what the coaches want him to do, stand in the pocket. But once he started to get that freedom to run the ball, that's when he started to see some success. And I mean, he had a top 10 fantasy finish. I mean, I can't remember off the top of my head where he finished this year, but Sure, he's not the best NFL quarterback, but when it comes to fantasy, Justin Fields is one of the best quarterbacks to own, you know? So, I mean, I'm talking just from a fantasy perspective when I'm saying these things. I don't I, – I know Caleb Williams would be the best player to have, and Drake May is a franchise – potentially franchise QB. But Jaden Daniels, fantasy-wise, I mean, no one likes Kyler Murray or Justin Fields, but I think he's pretty similar to them. In that respect, that's all I'm saying. But should we move on to the darling of this class, JJ McCarthy? Is it time? Oh boy, it's time. Everybody's favorite quarterback prospect. And if you haven't seen the board, Sam and I got a bet going. It's common knowledge. I do not think that he's going to be a first round pick. Sam thinks that he's going to go in the first. There's a lot of hype in the media about him going in the first round and we'll get into it, but let's introduce the guy first. We can at least give him that he's 21 years old coming from the university of Michigan. And he is a junior measured in at six, two and a half big half inch there. He got that thrown on there. His agent helped out with that 219 pounds with teensy 
tiny nine inch hands. My hands are bigger than JJ McCarthy's. I'll just say that. We'll look back at 2022. He had a 64.6% completion percentage for 2,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, five interceptions, 306 rushing yards. Last year, he had 73% completion. So good completion percentage, 2,851 yards, 22 touchdowns, four interceptions, only 171 rushing yards. So obviously Michigan won the national championship despite all the, uh, cheating allegations. Jim Harbaugh said that he's the best quarterback he's ever coached. Everybody thinks that he's the next Tom Brady. You guys go ahead and talk about him. I mean, I've got my own points, but they're all sarcastic. So go ahead, Ross. Ends up only a little bit less sarcastic, but uh, yeah, I wasn't, I'm not a big fan of JJ McCarthy. I think I can see people's interest in him. I can see why people are attracted to him. I'll go through that first because I've, I've not got a lot of positive things to say. So he's very young. He's 21, uh, or he's, he's basically just on 21 in January. Uh, and he's been around sort of professional coaches and obviously Harbaugh's now a, a, a pro coach since he was just came into college, obviously. And I think he went to IMG Academy as well, which is like a really high level of a high school as well. Um, so he's he's been around the coaching and sort of pro-style offences. He's got a really good arm he's got a really good arm and he's got the physical attributes as well you know he's he's just weighed in at the combine he was a bit heavier than people expected to and that was him still doing some of the runs as well i think he'd done the short shuttle so i don't think that's as inflated as people thought Um, and if it is i think he can still play it that way so he's got the physical attributes that people want uh, the nfl wants really and he has made a handful of like really elite throws like that i think one against Ohio State comes to mind where he fizzes it between like two linebackers and that's where you see the ceiling. And that's what, if he does get drafted in the first round, then I think he will. I think that's why he's been drafted, is for his ceiling. Now, uh, yes, the reality the is... Ohio State games, yes. The reality is that he, he was hidden in Michigan. He wasn't asked to do a lot. And that's what makes a difficult evaluation. Um he, I think in the championship game, he threw the ball or he completed 10 passes and they still won. They had a, a really good run game. Talent throughout the, the offense and the defense, to be honest, was much higher than anything he faced in, in, in that season. Um, he, they tried to keep him so clean and he was on a lot of rollouts as well where he'd only sort of need to read half the field. Um, and you, you rarely saw him go through progressions like one, two, three, and then dump off. Like he would have like one read, go on his first read, and if that wasn't there, he'd take off and he'd use his legs because he is a legitimately good athlete. Um, and I think he relied on that too much and he would exit the pocket too early. I said earlier with Drake May, I like it when quarterbacks have like pocket feel and manipulation and they climb in the pocket. He just runs away from everything as soon as he sees pressure. And that gives me Zach Wilson vibes and I absolutely hate it as a, as a, as a Jets fan watching that. Um, so yeah, I think right now, He's not a good quarterback. Can he be a good quarterback? Potentially. I don't think Jordan Love was going to be a good quarterback and he turned out to be one. And I think he needs a similar situation and that he needs to be sat for at least a year. He can't go to a situation where he's expected to play. He needs to be sat behind that quarterback and learn um, and he could be successful. But I don't see it right now. 
Well, easy on that Jordan Love stuff because, I mean, I've heard of a sophomore slump. We'll see, but we don't need to get into that. Tyler, what do you think about JJ? Um, yeah, he's uh, a game manager. And uh, yep. I can see why Sam <laughs> likes him. Probably Ryan's from Purdy, so just kidding. Um, no, he's got a strong arm, like, you know, Ross was saying. Like, <laughs> there's some throws he made where he really, like, zipped it and threw it with some velocity and you know, I, I, if I was a if I was an NFL team looking at that, I'd be like, hey, that's something to work with. Like, you know, strong arm, he's accurate, all that jazz. But uh, he's mobile. The thing is, he's he's definitely a leader. Like, you know, the only thing about him, like, I mean, he's got a ton. Like, he's a work he's a work in progress. He's not uh, he's not a day one starter. He's not somebody you're just gonna draft and then he's gonna take over your team. You're gonna have to work with him because he's got a lot of issues and I was seeing like comparisons to like Will Levis and stuff but for some reason like watching him I'm, I'm getting the Johnny Menzel vibe and I don't know if it's the hype around him or what but it was just like yeah that's I was just getting that vibe I'm not saying he plays like Menzel I'm just saying the vibe was there right um yeah i don't think he's gonna go to vegas and be on a cocaine diet lose 40 pounds by any means he doesn't seem like that kind of guy i will side with him on that but i mean i just don't get the first round hype at all because ross you said he wasn't asked to do much what 10 passes in the national championship game what it comes down to is michigan had a great run game and he was a game manager like you said tyler and then Ohio State, Ohio State, Ohio State. He beat Ohio State two times. Oh, my God. He's the best quarterback ever. I don't give a shit about that, dude. Yeah, it's a big win. Nice. The thing is, like, everyone is talking about the intangibles, and I'm not shitting on intangibles. Like, it's an important thing to have. You know, you want to be a good leader. You want to be smart. You got to have the work ethic. But everyone's just comparing him to Tom Brady and how he just stays so late and this and that. But – I just don't see the tools. Yeah. Yeah. He has an arm like he, it's not a great arm by any means. And yeah, he is an athlete, but he's not some crazy athlete. It really comes down to Michigan winning the national championship, Jim Harbaugh, giving him all these praise and then beating Ohio state. I mean, you watch the game and he threw a couple of balls to wide open wide receivers where like one of them, I think Ohio state's cornerback even fell down and they're like, Oh my God, look at that play. Look at that arm. It's so fantastic. I mean, I don't know. He does all this just the stupid shit that pisses pisses me off, like taking the cold showers to stimulate your your mental processing and meditating before the games in front of the cameras when you know that everybody's watching you. And I'm a Michigan State fan. I'm trying to put my bias aside. I think that he is going to be an NFL quarterback, obviously. But to go in the first round is just fucking ridiculous, man, because – you look at like Michael Penix or Bo Nix or one of my other sleepers, and I would take definitely Penix and Bo Nix over him. You know, there's so many other prospects that have, yeah, you know, some warts on them, but with J.J. McCarthy, I mean, I just don't think that the talent is there, although he does have a lot of the intangible qualities, if that is to be believed. I mean, it's hard to to say, you know, because we're not in the room, but I mean, I just get worked up about him i got a comp for him for each of you guys ross funny you mentioned zach wilson because i also compared him to zach wilson and tyler i'm sure you're familiar with mac jones former national champion for alabama went in the first round 
do you think the NFL learned their lesson from that? Because it's pretty damn similar. So I, still think I don't that know. If Jones had talent around him, he would have been successful. Well, I mean, we don't know where he's going to go, but I don't think that That's he's right, going to be successful regardless. San Francisco will be a backup QB. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's what I could see, you know, like a, a solid backup quarterback. But, I mean, he doesn't have the rushing potential for fantasy. He's not going to take over a game like a Jaden Daniels or a Drake May or a Caleb Williams can. He leaned on that run game. So, yeah, you could be a passable quarterback in San Francisco with all the right pieces around him. But, I mean, if Brock – I mean, I'm not shitting on Brock Purdy, so – Sorry, Sam, but if if that's your ceiling as Brock Purdy, then you're not a first round pick. You're not. Yeah, I I I agree. I agree with you. I wouldn't have him as a first round pick, but I think he will be in the NFL. All the buzz we're hearing, maybe it could be smoke and mirrors. And I think there's too many QB needy teams. Like if you look between like picks eleven and twenty, there's like seven or eight teams that can legitimately take a quarterback. Um, and they're like desperate for a quarterback as well, not just need one, they're desperate. Um, but yeah, yeah, I agree with what you said about McCarthy. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan. I think one thing I did mention is he, he's, he throws on the run really good. Uh, and again, that's like a, another hallmark of Zach Wilson is what you see him throwing on the run. You're like, wow, he's a great on the run thrower. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't see it myself um, right now, right now. Well, yeah, there are quarterback needy teams, but like you look at Levis fall into the second round last year. And I just think that Levis is like laughably better of a prospect coming out than JJ McCarthy. Sure. He doesn't have the national championship, but he has the tools, you know? So, I mean, that's all I'm going to say about JJ. Honestly, obviously I get riled up talking about him and it does piss me off. He's getting this first round hype out of nowhere, but it is what it is. Let some other team make a mistake. I know it's not going to be my team. So, but that's going to wrap up our top four guys. Let's go through our rankings and then we'll each give you our sleeper real quick. Ross, how are you ranking these top four? Yeah, well, if we're talking fantasy, then I'll I'll, I'll move off my sort of love for Drake May. So it'll be Caleb Williams one, then it'll be Jaden Daniels two, and then Drake May. JJ McCarthy. I, I think obviously Daniels the Russian is absolute key for fantasy. And that's just gonna give him an incredibly high ceiling for fantasy if he can stick around long enough to be a starting QB. And that's the reason Caleb Williams is one, is because I think he'll be a starting QB a lot longer, in maybe 15 years. Whereas Jane Daniels, I think there's a higher chance that you'll he'll, he'll be out of the league in four or five years. Um, and you're not getting that rush, Russian value. It's the similar CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, if we can compare it. Mm-hmm. I've learned my lesson a wee bit. <laughs> what about you, Tyler? How are you ranking them? Well, we're talking fantasy, right? We are indeed. So, it's a fantasy podcast. Right. So I'm going to go with Jaden Daniels, number one. Oh, hell yeah. I'm going to go with Caleb Williams, two, and Drake May, three. And McCarthy before. Reason, mainly the biggest reasons. We've already said how good these guys are. They're all pretty close, except for McCarthy. Um, we all know that Caleb Williams is going to the Bears. So fantasy-wise, that drops him down. Drake May is probably going to Washington. Again, he's going to drop down. Jaden Daniels is going to the Patriots. 
So there you go. He's going to be number one. Yeah, the worst um, spot of them all. No, I, I do think that I think he's more fantasy-wise, like, the guy you would want. Like, he's going to produce more fantasy points. Same way Richardson, you know, started off last year. And uh, I know I should dock him because of, you know, the potential to get injured. But I just don't think the Bears is what I want Williams sitting in if I'm – I'm drafting Williams. I don't want to see that he's a bear. So I have to I have to knock Williams up there. I like the That's hot take, there. Tyler. I respect it. I do. I mean, honestly, your rankings, I'm not going to, you know, poke holes in that because putting Jane Daniels up there, like I said, I mean, I don't think that's totally crazy. Your reasoning, yeah, maybe I don't agree with it, like going to the Patriots and all of a sudden he's going to be great. But I don't think the Bears situation is all that bad. First of all, I agree with Ross. I go Caleb Williams, one, Jaden Daniels, two, Drake May, three. And then let me scroll. Yeah, J.J. McCarthy way down at the very, very bottom. But the Bears situation is not all that bad. They're going to probably get, you know, a great left tackle, a franchise left tackle at, you know, the first round ninth pick or – a Roma Dunze or, you know, like one of the top wide receivers, probably not Marvin Harrison Jr., but uh, Malik Neighbors or something like that. And they've got Cole Komet. They've got, you know, the basis of a solid offensive line. They've got a lot of money to spend. They brought in Montez Sweat. They're probably going to franchise tag Jalen Johnson. So the Bears are on the upswing. You know, maybe he's not going to have a prolific rookie year, but they're going to be able to keep building around Caleb Williams. So, for that reason alone, I'm putting him there. Jaden Daniels, very landing spot dependent. If he goes to the Patriots, it's going to take him a little while to put some pieces around him. But if he goes to someone like the Falcons, then I could see Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels being very comparable just because of the weapons the Falcons have. Drake May, I mean, Washington is pro- it's not the best spot. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. But if he were to go to like, I mean, even the Patriots too, that's probably his floor if the commanders for some reason don't take him, but I like Drake may a lot. I mean, it's, it's pretty close, but I just don't see the landing spot being there for him since he is almost a surefire second overall pick. And then JJ McCarthy, who cares? Yeah. I don't like but the Cliff Kingsbury aspect of Drake may go to Washington. It's, it's just no. doesn't fill me with a lot of uh, no. hope, but I, I do like Terry McLaurin and uh, Jahan, Jahan Dotson. So Hopefully he can do something there. If he does with it. Maybe they can make some noise. We'll see. It's not that bad, but I don't know. It doesn't really get me hard by by any means. So we've only got a little bit left here. So let's quick go through some uh, sleepers. Ross, you want to kick us off? Yeah. So there's a couple there that maybe missed the cut for us doing the top four, but we thought we'd go with McCarthy because he's getting a lot of hype around being a first round pick. But for me, a guy who would definitely be above him is Michael Penix. Um, he's, he's been a starter in college for a, a long time um, because he he, was, he started at uh, Indiana and he's transferred to Washington. He's had success in the last couple of years. I think he's big. The big reason he's, he's been in uh, college this long is because he's had significant injuries. And you can see where that sort of hindered him a wee bit as well. Um, so he's maybe not as athletic um, as as some of the guys we've mentioned uh, before, but he does have a massive arm and he just just throwing lasers left, right, and center. 
he doesn't have quite as much touch as you'd expect because he just throws like 100%, 100% of the time. Um, but he, he is relatively accurate with it downfield as well. And he obviously was playing with some NFL caliber receivers. Romo Dunze, I really love. He's going to be going in the top 10 probably. Another couple of guys in the second and third round. Um, but I think just his arm talent is going to get him drafted. And I think it does mean he could be a starting NFL um sort of quarterback. He doesn't take many sacks either. I think he's good at sort of navigating the pocket good enough. Uh, I think he re- we've seen that in the Texas game. I know we're reading into one game, but I think you've seen in the Texas game how good he can be. Um, so hopefully he can develop that aspect of his game and I think he could be a, a, a good starter in the NFL. Yeah, some big Phoenix energy coming from Ross. What about you, Tyler? Who are you picking for your sleeper this year? All right, well, I had this guy picked before the combine. I'm going with Joe Milton the third. All right. And this guy, 6'5", 235 pounds. And if anybody Big watched boy. the combine, you've seen the, the long ball throws he was making and like the deep throws. And it was a, it was quite the show that he put on. Um, and that's the thing. Like, <clears throat> all Everything you could want in a quarterback, he needs work on everything. But that arm is just the biggest arm. Insane. Like it's, it's crazy. I remember them talking about Jamarcus Russell having an arm like that. No, I don't want to compare. Yeah. Him. You know what don't happened with Russell? I'm just saying, like, if you can – I mean, I know he's been a six-year – like, six years in college. So, he, he's sitting there, guys trying to work with him, but – if he can get to the NFL and have somebody in the NFL work with him, he could potentially be a, a really good quarterback for the NFL. But, I mean, even if he's your backup quarterback and you're down by four points and you need that Hail Mary, you can pull you your the Hail Mary, that's for sure. Several men from Jared Goff. I mean, <laughs> but even when you're, even when you're watching clone. the combat, one of his biggest problems is, is timing. He's yeah. got to get the time, get, get receivers on time and stuff. And even in the combine, like they're even saying it, like just even in, in their underwear, he was having trouble hitting receivers with good timing. So it's definitely something to work on, but just having that amazing arm like that is crazy. Like, yeah, I like him. no, and he has insane he's arm strength for sure. He's mobile. So. Yeah, I mean, arm strength is definitely his biggest talent, but there's one guy that is a little bit off the radar that I picked for my sleeper, and that is Michael Pratt out of Tulane. Now, I'm sure you probably haven't heard of him before. He's probably going to be like third, fourth, fifth round pick, something like that. But there's a lot of things to like about Michael Pratt. I mean, he was a four-year starter and three-year captain out of Tulane. And every single year in college, he's just gotten better and better and better. He was at the Senior Bowl. He was probably the best quarterback there. Um, He was there with Joe Milton, actually. And Joe Milton got clocked as the fastest throw at 76 miles an hour. And then the next day, Michael Pratt came out and threw another 176 miles an hour. So very comparable arm strength. And he does, he, he's a great thrower. He's got a good proc, pocket presence. He can layer it all and deep, short, intermediate, doesn't matter. He's got good touch on his balls. You know, deep ball accuracy could use some work, but everything that I've heard from coaches and teammates says, I mean, he's a great leader. 
Um, through college, I mean, you look at his touchdown to interception ratio, 2023, 22 touchdowns, five picks when missing two games. And he had 27 touchdowns with five interceptions in 2022. So I think he's a very well-rounded guy. There's a couple of things, you know, like going through your reads, progressing through like a pro style offense and, you know, kind of throwing a little bit more anticipation, working on that timing. Those are all coachable things that I think that he could learn in the NFL. And if an opportunity arises similar, like an Aiden O'Connell, you know, you just need one injury to happen and you can pop in there. And I think 50% of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL got hurt and missed time this year. So there's a good chance that he could see his opportunity in his very first year of action. And if I had to compare him to somebody, I'd say like Baker Mayfield, you know, like accurate, doesn't have the biggest arm in the world, you know, just a, a solid floor kind of guy, probably not going to win MVP, but I think that he could be a, a decent starter in the NFL and we could be having a conversation in four or five years like we're having right now about the Bucks resigning Baker. So I like him a lot. Somebody to check out again. He's not going to, you know, blow the doors off and enter the first round conversation, like possibly a Penix or a Bo Nix or something like that. But I like the baseline that you get with Michael Pratt out of Tulane. Yeah, that was a good first episode, boys. Quarterbacks are done. We'll be back next week. I believe we got linebackers on the agenda. So stay tuned, guys. And thanks again for listening. We are out. Catch you later.